we're recording. We're recording on my end, so deadly. You, uh, you can't shame me at the fucking start of the next <clears> one. <throat> oh yes, I can. <laughs> I'm fucking shaming you. It's coming, buddy. It's fucking coming. <laughs> so is the apocalypse, but nobody will be around to see it. <laughs> Three, You're very welcome along to Straight Talking Mental Health, it's a weekly podcast where we just talk straight about mental health. My name is Peter Dunn. My name is Alan Clark. And what we want to do is very, very simple. We just want to break the stigma around mental health. And normally I kind of uh, ream off a load of episodes and topics we've done. Look, there's absolutely loads there. If you want to have a listen back on the platform you're listening on right now, that's all you have to do is you have to pop back over onto whether you're listening on iTunes or listening on Spotify or Podbean or anywhere you get your podcasts. And I'm sure there's something there for you. If you want to get in touch, we'd love to hear from you. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram as well. Just search Straight Talking Mental Health or you can drop us an email on straighttalkingpodcast at gmail. Com. Now, we are lucky because we have a psychotherapist in the house every week, isn't that right? You've got me. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that them getting lucky, is it? That's the intention. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, like the majority of women in my life, you'd be very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> there should be a Tinder for psychotherapists. <laughs> puts a lot of people off. Puts a lot of people off. Right. So, we kind of introduced a new feature last week, kind of. I... I made a balls of it, um, but <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it was it was a good idea. It was a good idea, and it was called uh, was smiles and riles, wasn't it? Smiles and riles, smiles yeah. and riles. What's meant to smile? What's got you riled? Now you got it. Do you want to go this Copy. week, dude? I went last week. You give me your ones first, sir. Smiles and riles. Do you know what really, really pissed me off? And it only happened earlier on today. Okay. I was driving home, and I seen a grown adult literally rip off. The wrapper of a bar and throw it blatantly on the ground. You fucking knobhead. That does my head in. That gets me riled as well. Oh, and I wouldn't mind. I was hand on the horn. I was going to beep and point. But sure, I was mm-hmm. gone past at that stage, you know. But like, what grown adult throws litter on the ground? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, it wasn't Dickhead, like, Peter. I dropped it Dickhead. by accident. It was blatant. Just blatant rip, to it on the ground. fling. Yeah. I've got a one-year-old child that hands me the wrapper mm. from mm. a bar or his yogurt pot. He doesn't fling it on the bloody ground. If I can teach a one-year-old to do it, surely a grown <laughs> adult can do it. <laughs> Come on. Like, it was just... <sighs> Same with people throwing fag butts out the window. Oh, that's... Especially at night time. Yeah, Do you ever get that when you're driving along somebody flings one out and it looks like a banger is about to go off in front of you? <laughs> Tracer. <laughs> fucking sniper. <laughs> but no, this that- is how it ends. They finally track me down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, was the, it was the fags that killed them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that gets me royal as well. I must oh, remember I was in the white water one day. A lot of young ones were walking and like that blatantly threw something on the ground. And um, I said, oh, so you have to drop on something there. And yeah. she was like, yeah, something's after, I said, something's after falling out of your pocket there. Oh, what is it? Uh, I said, uh, oh, I said, no, I'm saying it so you'll pick it up. Put it in the bin. And I just yeah. walked on. Have a bit of cop on. Yeah, fucking. Mm. Oh, I just um, yeah, really riled me. Yeah, I was about 30 seconds fuming after that. Gone. For mm, fuck's mm. like an adult. An adult with another adult pushing a buggy. You know, what yeah. kind of fucking example is that? 
Yeah, you're you modeling know. good behavior for your child there, dickhead. And I wouldn't mind, it was somebody who was an adult for a very, very long time, but it looks at him. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that really, really that pissed me off. I just, what else got you riled? Anything like that just gets me. Uh, anything else got me riled? Uh, no, no, I'm in pretty good form this week. Um, no, no. Yeah. Just smile. Any smiles? Um, any smiles? Any smiles? Uh, a very simple thing. Um, a little girl had a, a play date last week and she, uh, uh, her mom brought her to the play date. And I was at home, a little dude, my little one-year-old, and I was chatting me down on the phone and said, do you want to call over? And he said, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll pop over. And myself, my dad, and my little boy went out to kick football together. Yeah, cool. And it was just so simple, but it was just mm-hmm. lovely. You know what I mean? The three of us just kicking a ball to each other, three generations, oh. one family, having a bit of crack. Mm. Nothing else we be doing of a Sunday but kicking a football to each other. Nice. And it was just so simple, but I just, I absolutely loved it, you know. And it really is, I know it sounds cliche and it sounds nah, it's the little things, man. ridiculous, it's the little but things. it is, it's the little things that, mm-hmm. that really matter, you know. But uh, mm-hmm. another thing I did today was, uh, it was like 22 degrees today and very mm-hmm. cloudy. And do you know when you, um, do you know when you make two days worth of dinner and you go, oh yes, I don't have to do anything tomorrow. Just <laughs> stick it in the microwave, heat it up or whatever. Uh, I did that yesterday, I made two days worth of dinner. And then today I said, fuck it. Let's fire up the barbecue. It's dry. Oh, it's well. warm. Fuck nice. it. Popped to the shop. Got a couple of burgers, bundies. Fired up the barbecue. It was delicious. Absolutely Lovely. delicious. You know, just spur the moment. Fuck mm. it. I'll eat the dinner tomorrow. It'll be grand. So uh, we all did a bit of barbecue and yeah. Cool. Just simple, yeah, simple. Middle of September. Things. Yeah. It's kind of like my last hurrah because I only yeah. got the barbecue just after lockdown. <laughs> I always wanted a proper yeah. barbecue yeah, because I used there. to get, um, do you know, the disposable trays mm-hmm. and I used to put them on a ladder that kind of you can fold out into a bench. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. It was my way of uh, doing up a barbecue and <laughs> right. uh, on the cheap. So I said, fuck it, I want me own. So I went, got me own. And just any time there's a half decent weather, turn it on, click mm-hmm. on the gas, mm-hmm. go outside, throw a few burgers on it or whatever. Happy out, you know. Good so. stuff. Yeah, so that's what I'm happy with. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. No, I had a good week. I'm very happy. Good. Uh, what about yourself? Nah, it's not really a royal, but it's uh, just fucking gets me. It gets to me every now and again. I had James there on um, Friday. Picked him up. Picked him up from school on Friday, and then and he haven't then for one night. So he goes back at midday then on on Saturday, and you know, it's just an empty house then for the weekend, and literally never seen anyone from when he left. Till I went to work on Monday afternoon, like. Mm. So it just fucking, it just gets you, you know, especially with fucking Facebook memories then. And it was like two years ago, I was in Dubai. <laughs> I was like, fuck's oh, sake. Shit, yeah. there, there I am like that. So I just, and I, I know it's a common thing. And I, I know, I, I know from a couple of the single dad groups like that, they, um, that they get it. You know, you see a lot of them saying, kids are going home, house is empty, ties everywhere. You know, it's just it can be it can be a lonely, lonely time for yeah, yeah. single fathers like that, like you know, and uh, especially I mean, I I relate to it, and I, and I know others do because you you really see it on a Sunday where they might have had them for the weekend, and you know, a few boys, you know, you'd see them saying like, "Kids are gone, I'm just going to drink, just going to drink, boredom, them, no nah, boredom, missing them, yeah, just just uh, just like that." So it's, it's not a royal, but it's just 
Yeah, I can feel it. I can feel it getting in me. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. yeah I can feel, mm-hmm. and you know, I know, I know. If I, if I didn't keep on top of this now, I know where it end. Oh, okay, I know where, I know where this mood ends. Right, so, right. Uh, keep, keep Would that on, trigger on top of it, or is it a trigger? Or uh, it would be, yeah, 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 and stuff like that. Like, I mean, I, I think I said it in in one of the other episodes. Like, you know, big, big. Probably one of the main triggers for me was for depression would be that that loneliness, like, mm. um, and you know you get this fucking great little guy, hilarious, and we have loads of fun, and then it's then he's gone, and it's like, oh, okay, I'll see you, see you in seven days, like, goes so quick, ah, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that's I could just feel it, I could feel it getting hit on top of me. So I know I need to, I know I need to keep on top of it, but thankfully I have the. Okay, I have the awareness to know. All right, yeah, I know where this is going. I know where this goes if I, if I if I leave this unchecked. So yeah, yeah. but I think I, I wasn't going to say anything. But I said no. But this is fucking defeats the whole purpose where we mm-hmm. need to be talking about it and we need to be open about it and yeah, um, keep it straight talking men- mental health. So absolutely, um, yeah. So that's why I said I bring it up. And I know I know a lot of other uh, single dads go through the go through the same thing. So it is. It's not pleasant, like. Mm. But having having two nights out this weekend, so um, which is which is good, like you know. How do you deal with it? Or is there anything you do? Any techniques you use, or little tricks, or anything? Or mm. I mean, this is this is the kind of thing uh, I'd mentioned before of how much I'm affected by the weather. Then as well, during during the summer, during the lockdown, oh, I'll try to go out to the garden. I'll do something. You know, keep keeping busy that way. Mm. Um, now it might just be playing PlayStation or. Watching something now Sunday. I mean, I was ten hours, twelve hours editing the, all the videos that went up this week and the other ones that are that yeah, have yeah. opened that as well. Like so, that that kept me busy then on, on Sunday. That's what I was at for for literally the literally the whole day. So, yeah. Um, so, so you need people something. are watching them. <laughs> yeah. No fair play. You're doing a great job. <laughs> Jesus, a lot much of better than Mike do. <laughs> but you need something, I presume, because you can't just say, "Right, I'm going to sit here and." That leads to, I should say, drink. It leads to depression. It leads to loneliness. Mm-hmm. It leads to yeah, yeah. isolation. Mm-hmm. I presume you don't want to go anywhere, or you know, anxiety even. Yeah, well, not for well, good for other people. Not for no, me. no, I'm not talking. I'm talking about in yeah. general. Do you know what I mean? If anyone else mm-hmm. is um, is going through the same thing, you know. Oh, definitely. Could, yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. yeah. Like I said, no, I, I, I'm kind of aware. I know, I know where this goes. It was the same last weekend as well. I was like. Mm. And you know, you know, big problem for me, and, and I'm sure other people as well. Like I was, I'm out of sync with everybody. Um, I kind of caught up, but like I, I was a dad at a very young age. While all my friends were out drinking and partying, mm. I was, I was off being a parent. And then when the kids got older, all my friends then were parents. So <laughs> I have the free time, and now and now they don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, it's, look, it's it's adulthood, you know. Uh, contact my friend Natasha there recently and send a message and the whole time it's poor adulthood like oh we must catch up sometime like it's even fucking finding the time to schedule a phone call like, <laughs> yeah like, oh I keep, I'm sorry I keep saying like, oh, don't worry what I'm to say and, and she rang me there I was like oh I'm just going to record the podcast and you know I was like oh no worries well I'm working and da, 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 da. I was like oh sure I'll catch you again yeah <laughs> you know, it's just it's just adulthood like you know it's uh, but somebody made an interesting point to me there recently um you know, if you have friends and, okay, you mightn't talk to them every week, 
every month. You might even see see them once a year. Mm, mm, mm. It doesn't mean you become less friends. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't mean that you kind of have to pause your friendship or your relationship and go, right, well, look, we obviously don't talk to each other. There's no point. You know what I mean? I, I think that's important for people to remember because a lot of loneliness can come from that isolation where you're thinking, oh, you know, I haven't spoken to them in ages. Mm, I can't mm. just ring them out of blue now. It'd sound weird or look weird. Mm. You know what I mean? So I think it's important to kind of keep them channels open and go, yeah, look, I haven't been talking in a while, but when we reconnect, we're yeah, back yeah, to square yeah. one. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not like something you have to work on. Mm. You know, you're 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 there. That's you're always in that. Good, yeah, that's a sign of a good friendship as well. Mm. You know, you can go, and I've gone years without seeing some people, and then you connect, and it's just yeah, it's like nothing happened. You know, it's like absolutely you, yeah. No, that contact that never ceases, and you just you just pick up from uh, from from where you left off with it. Mm. Yeah, so important to remember. You know, yeah. Try and keep in touch if you can't. It's not a big deal. It doesn't mean somebody has forgotten about you. Mm. You know. Um. Adult yeah. man, it's fucking hard. I know it's not bloody easy. <laughs> Being a fucking grown up. Yeah, so not 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 so much not so much a royal, but uh, and look, mm. an impact an, an impact on my on my mental health. Yeah, for sure. well, yeah. it's it's important. Um, right, give me a smile, dude. No, I got another royal for you. Oh, lovely! Oh, it's a fucking big one. These <laughs> anti-mask dickheads. Oh, we just oh. Oh man, it's fucking anti-mask protesters that wear a mask to a protest. I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if you're gonna stand by something, me, stand by like, it. Jeez, yeah, oh, yeah. Stop. Like what a bunch of dickheads! Like, yeah. For and see that video of your man in Lidl. Oh, do you know who that was? I, I seen some comment. Was he on Big Brother or something like that? He was or? your man, DJ Spiral. Do you remember him? I know that name. Yeah, he kind of um, when we were gigging. He arrived with this like single and he's like, I'm Irish hip hop. And everyone's going, no, you're fucking not. Get oh, out of here. Oh, that sounds familiar. And yeah, yeah. he released a single about bouncers or something like that. So he clearly has a problem with authority, you know. <laughs> and <laughs> he, uh, yeah, of course. Probably a lot of daddy issues. <laughs> Jesus, like, he, uh, yeah, he ended up in Big Brother and he was like a... Uh, an overnight kind of mini celebrity, and now he's been now fucked he's a out of Aldi. Sack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he might have been one before. I can't comment, but now I know for sure he's a fucking sack. But what bugged me about that video was it, they set it up. They planned it. Oh, of course. They you know did. what I mean? That's what they do. The That's girlfriend what or whatever do, was yeah. there with the phone yeah. gone. He has constitutional rights. Yeah, he knows yeah, his yeah. rights. Yeah, yeah. he has the right not to be a fucking idiot. Get out. Yeah. Fuck's sake. Yeah. I seen someone someone shared something on, on Facebook. I'm not going to read the whole lot because but I was like, fuck this shit. Like so someone someone shared this. I'm not going to read it all. Can people just stop getting tested? You do realise you're adding to their problem and taking us into a second phase of lockdown. You are giving the government the number of cases and the powers to take us into winter lockdown. Just stop the testing and this will disappear overnight. Not going to read the rest of it, but what a um, fucking sack. That's basically, yeah, that's Donald Trump right there. I, I just, I swear <laughs> to God, man, these people are fucking getting me big time, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, there's a lot of stupid people yeah. in the world. Okay, or yeah. they're not stupid. What you had a good phrase before? People are stupid. All oh, people are stupid, but a person yeah. can be smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that was a good one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just said, uh, yeah, I'll take me. I'll take my uh, 
I'll take my advice off doctors and scientists. Yeah. Not fucking builders. Like many times did a plumber come to your house and you went, no, 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 I'm getting the priest in to fix this leak. Yeah. Out. Well, do, you know, do you know how I call in to put on an extension? A doctor. That's what you'd want. That's yeah, what you'd want. Sounds good. Yeah. 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 Fuck that shit, man. They're getting me fucking beat. I'm royal. Right. Come on. Smile. Smile. Yeah, smile. Got, smile. Got some smiles. Yeah. Got some smiles. Yeah. Have you heard? Um, did you listen to Rudimental? Did you listen no, to Rudimental after last week? I don't have time. You're a fucking DJ, man. I don't have time to listen to music. fucking hip and down with the kids. Like I don't have time to listen to music. My job is not to pick the music. My job is to make the bits in between the music interesting. Have you heard WAP? Have you heard the Cardi B song WAP? Have you seen the video? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be F again this week. Go on, yeah. <laughs> Did yeah, you hear he's, the... He's, uh... he's good, I like him, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fucking Cardi B, man. If you haven't seen the video, check out the video. Holy shit. Um, let me pull this one up. But there's... Um, it's a fucking shite song, like, but it's it's near pornographic video oh. Cardi B and some other one just arses out tits out just whap if, if you didn't know if anyone doesn't know uh, so in the in the clean version of the song uh, it's changed to uh, wet and gushy but whap W-A-P stands for wet ass pussy so you can imagine the uh, what's imagine wrong the, with the world you can imagine the state of the video like, come that. on yeah but there's an 80s version uh, some guy has done this uh, 80s funk version of it uh, let me let me get this up see if you can hear it catchy song yeah funky I like it it's a beautiful way to get going oh, yeah Certified freak Seven days a week That bread is pussy That's a classic MJ, isn't it? There's a guy on uh, YouTube Who does 80s versions of uh, Modern songs And they're absolutely brilliant I think that's like class proper. I think that song is fucking brilliant Yeah Because uh, your man's playing all the music. instruments Yeah, yeah mm. Yeah, so that, that, that had me smiled. Um, Nando's, myself and James got to go back to Nando's up in Tala. Uh, our, our, when he was in Crash, he used to finish Crash at half one. We'd go to Nando's or KFC or Burger King or McDonald's or something. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was the kind of treat. Not because I'm a fucking one of these dads that can't, can't cook, won't cook. It's just a treat. Like, I'm a very good cook. Uh, and we went back there the other day and it was open. And we're like, oh, oh. And he was like, I can't believe we're back. Oh, <laughs> I like, love no, it. no, it's all yeah. changed. It's it's not you know you don't get up, you don't get your own stuff. Everything is brought. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was yeah. like, I can't believe we're back. I was like, I can't believe how excited I am. Ah, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. But it's your so thing, that, you know what I mean? It's your yeah. It was, it was our little tradition. Yeah, 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 yeah. Little little oh, routine. Yeah. So that yeah. was like, um, so kind of smile, a smile and a royal. Uh, so the Grand Prix was on the weekend. Fucking loads of crashes, loads of restarts. Very exciting, but fucking. So I was like, it was great on one hand, and then it was shit on the other hand because Hamilton won again, and then Ferrari are fucking shit again. So as a Ferrari fan, that's not good. I put that post up at the weekend, uh, not being good for my mental health. I got into a conversation with one of the one of our oh, followers yeah. on Facebook then as well. I was like, oh man, this is it's bad enough watching Hamilton win, but for Ferrari to be so bad then as well. 
Mm. So that's that's that was that was a smile and a royal in in and of itself. And then one more. I don't think it's gone up yet. I don't think the video has gone up yet as we record. But remember, we were we were talking last week about the um, telling someone that you like their shit, you're digging their shit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I thought uh, I thought we could have that like hashtag tell them thanks. Sounds good. Yeah, I'll yeah. That one. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So hashtag tell them thanks. Tell tell them it was your IDP. You you mm-hmm. mentioned it last week. Well, I kind of just came up out of conversation, wasn't necessarily. But idea, you had but already done it, you know, before I mentioned it. We didn't even chat about it. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, did you hear on the, on the yeah, two Johnnies? Yeah, the red two Johnnies, fair play, email. lads. Yeah, yeah, give you yeah. a shout out. Nice one, yeah, Alan with yeah. two L's. Alan with two L's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a friend of mine texts me, goes, "I knew as soon as he said Alan with two L's, I knew that was you." <laughs> was I only brilliant. found out last yeah. year why why it's Alan with two L's. Oh, you're telling me your man wanted you to be different. He just wanted no? to be different. Yeah. yeah. Nothing wrong with that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Bad enough I have to listen to fucking wanking and dildos, <laughs> listen to a fucking, uh, <laughs> listen to the two Johnnies with you, but you had to give me an extra L then as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, fair play, two Johnnies, well done, guys. Yeah, Thanks yeah. For no, I like the guys, and, uh, I like the guys, yeah. Yeah, they're so very good there. Yeah, they're... But no, so there's a couple of videos, a couple of videos to go up. Um, well, we'll, we'll have been up by the time people hear this. Mm. With hashtag tell them thanks. So Brilliant, yeah. You, it was your idea. I, I'd done that. That was just a separate thing, but... Uh, well, I'd love to hear if anyone listening idea. would do it as well. You know, I'll do yeah. it. I'll, I'll yeah, contact somebody that yeah. I admire, that I uh, um, yeah, I love their work. I will. I'll have a think about it and see. But mm. if, you know, anyone listening, yeah, by all means do it. Get in touch with somebody on Facebook, Twitter, send them an email, yeah. send them a letter. <laughs> you know, it yeah, doesn't have to be anybody yeah, yeah. big and famous. It can be somebody... Yeah, yeah. Somebody who cuts the grass or whatever, you know what I mean, in, in the green area, yeah, you know, someone tell them that, that you want to say thanks. Tell yeah, them you, absolutely. You dig their shit. So whether yeah. it's a musician, whether it's a podcast creator, whether it's an artist, whether it's a uh, an athlete, athlete, yeah, yeah, anyone, anybody, anyone, just yeah. you know, people, tell them thanks. It's nice. It's nice. I mean, we yeah. love getting the feedback, so it's nice for people to hear. Oh wow! Thanks very much. Thanks for yeah. thanks for taking the time to let me know. Absolutely, yeah. Dig my shit. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And don't be afraid. I mean, if you if you tweet somebody and they don't get back to you. Yeah, don't worry about that. No, let's, let's go back to last week's episode of CBT and have mm. a think about it. Well, maybe they were, they seen it, they were about to reply, something happened, they got a call, they forgot about it or whatever, it doesn't mean they don't care, it just means maybe they didn't get around to it, maybe they didn't see it, maybe somebody else handles their tweet and never passed yeah, it on yeah, or whatever, but yeah, yeah. it doesn't mean they're ignoring you, it doesn't mean they don't like you, they think little of you. You know what I mean? So yeah, do it. But you can you can Give feel good yourself knowing that you've you've taken the time to tell someone. Absolutely, yeah. yeah you know, I dig your shit. Maybe that's a better hashtag. But yeah, <laughs> tell, hashtag tell them thanks is what I yeah. Is what I hashtag have. tell them thanks. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and we'll keep it going. And if you do, you know, let us know. Get in touch and let us know you, you you've done it. If people reply or how people respond, if it's someone on the street or someone you know or absolutely, yeah. Early. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, cool. Let's so let's ha- get the ball rolling on that. Tell them thanks. Tell them thanks. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I watched a few more episodes of uh, The Last Dance. Oh, yeah. What you think? Yeah. Oh, you forget how good Michael Jordan was. was. Unreal. Oh, was man. Unreal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Absolutely. Like, what an athlete. Mm. You know, and you're watching him in action and you're going, jeez, he's human. Yeah. He, cha- he changed the game. He did He did it the way Tiger Woods did with golf. You know, they changed mm. the game. Just, Absolutely. You know, once in a generation, you get these people that come along and just... 
Amazing. Absolutely you know, amazing. For, for me, I mean, I was a big MJ fan back in the day, but, you know, another smile I had at the weekend was uh, Mick Schumacher. So Michael Schumacher's son that was racing in GP2, he's actually leading the championship. But mm. they had him driving one of his dad's old oh, cars. Oh, very good. I was just, just to hear the car and, you know, to see it driving around and the Schumacher mm. name and, you know, everything that happened with Michael Schumacher. It's just... Because Schumacher was he was he was an idol of mine. Like you know, oh, when I yeah, went to see yeah. the when I went to the Spanish Grand Prix, I think I was nearly more excited about seeing Mick Schumacher in the GP two race, like you know, or the Formula Two. Yeah, it, yeah. It's sort of been recalled. At the time, it was just yeah. like what a what a legacy. You yeah, know, yeah. To, it'd be like if if MJ had a son, if Jordan had a had a son in the NBA now, like you know, the pressure that must be on their shoulders then as well. Yeah. yeah, even um, Bruno Senna when he was in the Formula One, and he was just Senna's nephew. You know, yeah, he was. You know, like Ertan Senna is one of the greatest back. of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Senna name is back in Formula One. Mm. So I think Ferrari have Ferrari have an option on on Mick Schumacher. He, I think he's like one of their young drivers. So I'd say you'll see him in a in a Ferrari in a couple of years. Mm. It might not be worth fucking driving if they carry on the way they're going. But <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was a smile. It was it was really cool to see that. Yeah. yeah. Right, so this week we are straight talking mental health in the LGBTQ plus community and joining us from Mind Your Mental Health are Killian and Connor. Welcome, lads. How are you? So basically, what I tend to do when we're doing a podcast is I do a bit of research and we have a look at the subjects and we go, right, we'll talk about this, whatever. But this week, I stayed completely ignorant because I want ye to tell me and Alan and all our listeners more mm. about the struggles, I suppose, from a mental health aspect from the LGBTQ plus community. So I'd like to know more in terms of let's go through LGBTQ plus and let's just kind of section them off and say, right, this is this and this is this. OK, so forgive me if I do sound ignorant. I don't mean to be ignorant. So um, <laughs> I, I might appear it. a little bit. Um, <laughs> won't call it against you this one time <laughs> so let's let's start off so you got lesbian you are a woman who like other women gay you are a man who like other men bisexual you are a gender who will go for either gender transsexual or transgender you're a person who might identify as the opposite gender yeah uh Q. Q queer i always thought queer was just slang for gay yeah you made two mistakes there sorry i'm not going to be person but um no no, no need to get bisexual would be yeah. someone who is attracted to the opposite gender and their own gender um queer would be an umbrella term used by lgbtq people who don't want to identify with a particular set of identities um or genders or orientations um transgender is someone who identifies differently from their birth gender so it can be a transgender woman transgender man non-binary and non-binary is someone who doesn't identify as either male or female identify in the middle where they don't want to fit into the social construct of what we perceive to be a man and a woman. Someone who can vary in how they want to be masculine or feminine. And it's really about expressing how you want how how you want to compare to how society wants you. That makes sense? Kind of. Um, <laughs> I'm right there with you lads. So uh, I personally uh, am a straight cisgendered man. Um, and for people, cis is then killing <laughs> for people that don't know. Uh, yeah. cis, um, cis means that you are you identify as the sex you were born with. So I was born as a male and I identify, identify as, a male. as male. Yeah, yeah um, I've never heard that term, term before. What is it again, Killian? Cisgendered. Cis CIS. Yeah, All right, CIS, okay. Cisgendered. So it means that, um, yeah, as I said, 
if you identify with the with the gender that you were born with um, and these are fairly new terms um, mm. and I really appreciate Connor um, explaining these because I personally have been in the last few years trying to um, reach out and support uh, people in the queer community as they're very vulnerable to suicide and it's important to kind of learn and identify these things ahead of time so that you know you use the correct uh, terminology and don't offend people but then equally um I found that the community is very nice for it. If you approach with an attitude, I don't know this, I don't understand. I want to, and I don't mm, want to step mm, on yeah. your toes. Most people would be quite considerate and explain it to you. That's my biggest fear is that I'll just offend somebody without meaning to offend somebody. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like this whole world has just taken <laughs> off and I, I haven't kept up with it, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, it's um, really mine feels like. Yeah, look, and I, I do think there's a lot of people that feel that way. Like, you know, I... Like as I said to you, I thought queer was just slang for gay. Um, yes. That's what, it's what I always things, thought. Though, I mean, in, in Ireland, in Ireland, we've kind of always taken this. Well, if you were a queer, that was a kind of that was a slur. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Whereas, kind of the Americans have always been. It, it wasn't. It didn't have the same kind of negative connotations. They they kind of took it them. They took it for themselves. Yeah, it's interesting. Is that like I kind of wonder of like the epide- uh, etymology of the word? Like, mm. Did it start off as? an insult kind of in the same way the n-word did and that they've mm. repurposed it you know what i mean that yeah yeah they've taken it and made it their own but i definitely mm. agree that like yeah when you're a kid at least for my my generation growing up if someone calls you queer like yeah regardless yeah. of how you felt that was an insult mm, yeah, of course yeah. um, and i'm delighted now that it's kind of you know been won back of like mm. no i'm queer it's deadly <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and what, we what, had the L, we had the L, we had the had the G, the B, the T, the Q. What's the Tell plus? us about the plus then, yeah. Connor, for people that don't know. Sure. So plus can really mean kind of gone more into it. There's more than just those four terms that people identify. Like the LGBT will always involve going be as inclusive as possible. Mm-hmm. Like myself, I've been trying to get more into the habit of using LGBTQ plus I and I with Stamper Intersect. So I'm constantly trying to involve to be inclusive as possible. No one feels left out because we view gay community in a very socially approval that they they're they're this one thing or not another thing we're much more than just one thing we're a lot more than just four terms we're constantly evolving we're constantly growing to be as inclusive as possible mentioned when we understand what these terms mean we can get a better understanding of people and how they've evolved to use this so killian how how did um how did how did all of this come about tell us tell us why you're here now yes yeah, so um the thing i guess that i'm really passionate about would be suicide prevention um that's so i i worked from november about two years ago and then i learned that eight out of ten suicides in ireland are men men yeah yeah shocking um, which is just just terrifying like that that is absolutely terrifying. So it's um worldwide every minute a man takes his own life. Um which is just really tragic and uh, mm. it comes from this culture of just not talking about it. Um, you know, man up, grow up hair, listen, like, you know, would you crying didn't sort out and like, listen, boys mm. don't cry. You know, we've all been in that You're getting where... Alan started now. Look at him. He's yeah, getting yeah. red. I'm going to be, fucking, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be yeah. riled on this fucking shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'll be here forever. Get, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. You get as pissed think, off about it as I do. Yeah, I think, I think my quote on, on one of the other ones, was it the suicide one we did, P? But it was like, you should fucking throat punch anyone that uses the term man up. Like, <laughs> just fucking. Just. <laughs> there's a lot of damage. Uh, there's a yeah, lot you know, of damage. I'll pass it to Rome. I use words. Mm. You use throat 
punches, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but in that vein, like it, the, the really sad part about all of that is it comes from a good place. Um, I'll still never forget, you know, one of the, the last times I ever really saw the demonstration that was when I was a kid and um, we were playing rugby. We lost the league. We really worked hard and one lad started crying. And um, I remember, I'll never forget the coach being like, now here, listen, that's not going to help anything. We're not doing that, right? <laughs> and he was really trying to like, no, like rally, you know, like don't don't give in to despair. That was his message. But what I saw and what everyone else saw was like, right, well, that guy just went to the bottom of the pecking order. So I'm never fucking doing that. Mm-hmm. So no matter how bad or upset. And this this was something he was incredibly passionate about. He was a young kid. He was, you know, very rightly upset. And he was just expressing that. Mm-hmm. And that was a healthy mature way to do that yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. yeah and unfortunately he got told by you know the the leader the person we all looked up to no don't express it that way and that probably came out as like you know use it on the pitch like hit them harder mm-hmm. and this really genuinely came from a good place with the best of intentions and um it, it's tragic so basically um i found out then uh that in um, the highest rates of suicide among men uh, there's a disproportionate amount among the queer community um, and I then was um, speaking to someone in the queer community and I was saying oh isn't it fantastic that you know at least among the queer community men are more effeminate they're more in touch with their mm. emotions and they can talk about their emotions and isn't that brilliant and they looked at me and kind of laughed and went oh that's a good one like and then they you know they're their face kind of opened up in her and they're like, oh, you're not, you're not kidding at all. Like, no, they're, you know, the queer community men are the worst for talking about their feelings. He said, and then I said, no, but you know, you see in popular culture, you know, they, they hang out with girls and they talk about their feelings and he's like, mm-hmm. no, that's a trope when you fell right into it. And uh, no, actually, yeah, like, you know, gay men, for example, they will talk to girls about feelings, about their feelings a lot. They're a sounding board. But they're still incredibly closed off. And I had the viewpoint that, and this was an assumption, I can 100% hold my hand up and say this was an absolute assumption, was that, um, you know, gay men kind of had to go through the trial by fire very early in their life of coming out. And that if they managed to go through such an incredibly painful process early in their lives, it kind of gave them this incredible armor. And that you know, they were super comfortable in themselves, mm. which is why they're so typically, you know, boisterous and larger than life kind of peacock personalities often, which is again, you know, I'm kind of generalizing. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, there. that's what the general public generally think. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the, I, I thought it was either trial by fire. So you either got, you came out and you were kind of, you know, emotionally hard as nails in mm. one respect or, you didn't. You didn't get through that, and that's what accounted for the high suicide rate. And I've come to learn from talking to people in the community that no, it kind of leaves its mark. That you know, feeling different and feeling as an outsider, not for everyone, but for a lot of people, it can kind of leave them. It's harder for them to communicate, or it can be, and it just plays into the the general trope of like men are just crap at talking about their feelings. Mm. We're not encouraged there, okay. um, and so that's how I got it's into not, this. It's not so. a language we're taught. No. No, it's not. We're not rewarded for it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm I'm delighted to say that I honestly think that is changing. Um, it gives me real hope. So it's getting with the younger generations to mm-hmm. see lads like having you know 
little cry or a little like, ah, I just want to thank me, ma'am. Like, ah, go on, fair play to you, lad. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so that's that's how I got into this. Uh, and then I, um, so I was working for Movember. So I wanted to fly the Movember um, marketing, which is fantastic and really, really clever and really uses humor. A lot of really intelligent research to allow lads to communicate and encourages them to do things like, rather than try to express themselves and open up their own feelings, which can be difficult, it can be much more effective to encourage them to be there for their friends, which, you know, research has shown that um, a group of men were asked, um, would they feel comfortable talking about their feelings and their problems to other men? And um, approximately 50% of them said, no, we're not, they don't want to be a burden. Mm -hmm. But then the same group of men were asked, um, would you like to be available or does it make you feel important to be to be there for your friend? And the same group of men, over 70%, said, yeah, they would always try and be there. Mm. Um, so that, November is great for that. Um, mm. And they, they do a lot of clever techniques and workshops and mm. speakeasies and stuff and teach men and try and give them the skills to do this. But they don't particularly or haven't yet, uh, I felt, focused on into the queer community. Um and now that I don't want to speak against Movember in any way there or anything or say that they're not trying to mm. do inroads there, but um I wanted to I wanted to try and get into that. So I did it the best new way I knew how, organized the party in the George. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did, a, did a comedy drag Sold. show. <laughs> and uh yeah, came up with a few rough jokes, uh, and that's where I met Connor. Um, are you are you a comedian, Killian? Uh, I want to be. <laughs> Very good. Um, I've I've tried my hand. I've done a couple of a uh, couple of sets. So only amateur. Um, I've only done a handful of sets. Mm. Um, but it's good crack, and I really enjoy it. And I found that a lot of people who do comedy, um, they are kind of quite often people who are vulnerable with their mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we discussed yeah, we, that we, before. We, yeah. yeah, it often comes from a, a place of pain. Yeah, you know, it, or it's a, an ability to look at the world completely different than everybody else. And so it makes it funny, you know. It's it's a good way to hide it. Yeah, you know? true. Mm-hmm. If, yeah, if something yeah. gets under your skin, like crack a joke about it. Um, mm-hmm. You can't hurt me if I hurt myself first kind of thing. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Self-deprecating kind of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's yeah, it, yeah. Sure. It's a very um, Irish thing, isn't it? Oh, yeah, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're born for it, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So what is the most common mental health issue among the LGBTQ community? Or is there a common theme of uh, poor mental health? Or does it depend on what you are or what you identify as? Oh, um, important question. Um, like, like, before I say anything, I'm going to say I'm not professional. Um, I don't have a degree in kind of psychology or anything. Like no, that. No, 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 but just, just from experience. Mm. I, know that's, you know, I think know. that we, as a community, we're not suffering just one thing. It's it, the... Uh, continuous ladder of issue that we've been through and I think like one thing that really kind of started with me was that I was reading in 2018 um, belonged to youth service made a support that said that 90% of all young queer people suffer with their mental health and it really struck me show that it's something that queer people in the community knew about but now it's being researched and people outside the community can see this because I think really kind of post 2015 marriage equality we I think the queer community and the straight community have really kind of lowered the divide. I think we've been able to come together a lot more and talk to people outside the community 
particular allies to are willing to speak to us about these issues. And I think that to say one thing is harming us the most or one thing that isn't, we kind of look at it as much as possible as an umbrella issue that, yes, mental health affects us all, but what the queer community goes through on a very regular basis affects how we are able to function in society. And not, and not as if I'm speaking on behalf of the whole queer community, my own experience and things I've heard, particularly talking to Killian, it's been great to get his insight about the conversation he had with his friend about how Killian talked before that conversation, how they talk about this kind of paradise, we're so open, we're so willing to do anything and talk about anything. And, and to a certain extent we are, but it can be very difficult to have the experience. There's a lot of LGBTQ people um, suffer bullying in secondary and primary mm-hmm. education. And it still now affects them. Like myself, I, I, I was bullied quite hard for about five or so years on and off when I was in secondary. And now I'm 21. I've been out of school nearly four years. It's still affecting me now. Connor, we spoke before to uh, Chris Pender um, on one of our previous podcasts. And I was kind of taken aback when I asked him the question, how often do you get homophobic abuse? And he said, every day. Yeah, it's, it's a very common thing. As I mentioned, I was bullied for like, yeah. for five years in secondary. And, and even now, sometimes it does kind of take me back. But it was something even now I still experience. I've grown what, what does that experience look like now, Connor? You know, as we, as you know, boys in school and all that bullshit. We are, you know, everyone everyone knows it. But what, what does it look like as a... It's something you don't expect. Oh, it's something you don't expect to happen to you. But I think that when you experience it, you're taken back by it. And as it goes on, you become more used to it. That you're used to that kind of having to deal with that abuse on a daily basis. Mm. And now again, I'm, I'm really four years out of second to that. It still does take me back. Like I was in, I was in work one day and someone made a really horrible comment and called me a faggot. And it really took me back. I was quite shocked by it. And I wasn't expecting it. And I was like, my God, I'm out. I'm, why did I get a flashback to secondary school? Why did I, like, why did that word affect me so much? Mm. Even though I've kind of grown a thick skin to it. So it, it can be, it can be harmful more than people think. I think when you have experience with those words and even though you come used to it that's not a good thing that you're so used to it but even then when it happens you're still taken back by it yeah you're still saying to yourself my god why am i fe- why do i feel so crap right now why ever hearing that word a word like it sticks and stones i broke your bones but words won't hurt you it, that's mm. not true no, that's, bullshit. Bullshit. that's fucking bullshit mm. yeah i can tell you that firsthand and i've had people 30 40 years later and they're still affected by by the bullying that they experienced in, in school, regardless of sexuality, you know, bullying. Yeah. No, all that, it's bollocks. Yeah. How do you deal with it as an adult now, Connor? Because, you know, in school, you know, you ignore it, you walk away, you try to kind of hide, for want of a better term. But as an adult, do you find now you're more inclined to stand up and go, don't speak to me like that? Yeah. Um, it's weird because when I was taken back and I was called that, I was like, wow. But, it was the next day, and it was the same person who said who called me it again a day later. I immediately shut it down. Mm. I think beforehand I wasn't expecting what my action or response to be. Where my response the day before was nothing, but when it happened again, I put my foot down and said, "Don't you dare call me that. Be very careful who you're talking to." And I think that when we call out homophobia, we call out transphobia, we call out racism, and we shut it down, people understand that. We're not here to be walked over. You can't get away with that. Killian, you mentioned earlier that um, you're passionate about the campaign you have at the moment. 
through um, the rates of suicide in the, the queer community. Is that something that affects you personally or was it something that kind of um, it hit home with you and for a certain reason or was it just a statistic when you went, wow, that's a high figure? Yeah, um, so for me personally, uh, I've, I have struggled with my own mental health um, and, you know, I, I don't think there's really a person alive who hasn't. Um, True, yeah. Mm. It's it's just one of I think it's just part of being a human being is yep. we you have times where life is you know relentless and it'll just beat you to your knees, um. But for me it was yeah it was more the statistic um when I realised just how many um how many lads are taking their own lives um and I think we're in Ireland in particular like it's it's hard to get past the age of nearly being a teenager and not be affected by it to not know somebody to not, not have mm. someone in your life who's just disappeared and mm. then you know the uh, there's a really good phrase it's quoted a lot you know suicide doesn't end the pain it just spreads it around to everyone yeah. else absolutely yeah, yeah passes to, it on to, yeah to the people you care about so mm. um it was actually mad that uh, when i started to study all this um through november i found myself like researching and watching videos and just learning the stats and I was thinking about suicide a lot and then I started to to really study and I was like, oh, am I becoming suicidal from from learning about, um, from studying suicide all the time? Mm. The, the more I got into it. Yeah, yeah, geez, I was like, oh shit. Mm. Uh, but there a no, medical term for that where if you're like a junior doctor, you start to become, you know, paranoid that you, you have all these diseases you have to research and, you know, sicknesses you have what? to... Um, a learned hypochondria kind of thing. Like. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. You know, they do go through a phase of, oh, shit you know what I mean I think I'm, I'm suffering from hemoglobin hydrositis or something you know? <laughs> yeah. oh, the hemoglobin hydrositis yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck. tell yeah. me about it oh, oh, what's that look like I need to google that one <laughs> <laughs> spell that <laughs> spell it I can't even remember <laughs> listen I'll set up for say it three times fast like <laughs> yeah. I'd settle for being able to repeat what you just said <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah but no I'm, I'm sure it does happen in that um, when you're exposed to these really heavy concepts again mm. and again over time it's kind of vicarious trauma yes yeah mm. um, and I, I did then start to study uh, or start to learn about that and I learned that suicide uh, or being suicidal is a feeling um, and it can be a singular feeling or from a single event um, and it can be a recurring feeling um, and that the I learned that the usual typical idea of suicide is that it's, um, and I, again, it, it can take many forms, but what I believed was that it was this prevalent ever, like a chemical imbalance in your brain. Um, I would never ever say to someone else, you're not thinking right, or your thinking mm -hmm. is wrong. One of the only exceptions to that would be if you are considering taking your own life, you know, and I understand that that's still, you know, a complicated thing of like euthanasia in certain scenarios is extremely complicated but if you are of you know typically sound mind and body um, and you're thinking of taking your own life to me that's there's, there's something not going right and I would have assumed there's an imbalance in your brain chemistry or something like this and then this is a prevalent thing that's happening and that's why you have like suicide notes if I can't go on and this kind of jazz but I've come to from studying it I realized that often suicide can be like um, a single event 
that's just so emotionally overwhelming mm. that a lot of people who take their own life, the trope is that, you know, you sit down, you write a letter and you decide is that, no, it's usually in a state of panic mm. uh, that people become overwhelmed by their emotions and they just, their their techniques and their coping skills and their mechanisms fail them. And, you know, they, they make a decision that's irreversible. Um, and I'm very careful here, even in my language of like, I don't want to say something like they make a stupid decision. It, it nearly popped out of my mouth there. And it, mm-hmm. I'm not in their head. Um, and I understand that a lot of people who might listen to this might have someone they really cared about, who they thought very highly of, who they never believed would have taken their own life. And they did. And I don't want to say that there was a stupid decision or flippant or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I've learned that it, it can be a very panicked decision. And the thing that I've learned from November and from my studies is that like many feelings it will pass so suicide is something that um I'm very passionate about because yeah it has affected me um in my life um I do know people have disappeared and I'm very passionate about um just trying to make a dent just trying to give people an opportunity just to equip them with the skills um that look it's it's, life is never going to be easy beat you to your knees if you let it but you can find techniques and one of the things that I think is really, really helping is that we're able to bloody talk about it now. Like it's, it, it was just, the stigma is more damaging than anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we, 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 me and Connor have talked to us about this a good bit and one of the groups that we want to reach out to is um, the Defence Forces. They've had a terrible, mm-hmm. terrible history with well, access mental to gold. health. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that, that doesn't help. Uh, no, near, <laughs> yeah. near the Cora camp, I mean, I know. Yeah, in a culture as well that was very much uh, grow up here, shut up, man yeah. up, suck it up. Mm, yeah, mm, yeah. We, mm. the, the combination of those, it's no wonder mm. that yeah. you have that, that kind of, um, the result in that level of, of people taking their own yeah. life. And then you, you obviously PTSD, uh, oh, yeah. big time, you know, and it's mm. yeah it's it's not a case of um let's go and uh, talk about what happened and let's sort it out it was a case of go have a pint yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you the know what i mean medicine. there's cheap drink yeah. in there so go into the mess yeah. go into the officer's lounge or whatever go into the private's yeah. bar yeah. and have a drink and that manifests as alcoholism later on down the line you know um now we've all had a drowned our sorrows with a cheeky pint as well. Like, you know, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to shit all of our pints. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pints on a Friday night is one thing. Pints <laughs> yeah. um, every night for <laughs> multiple, yeah. multiple weeks or months. Mm, not so yeah. good. Not so problem. For years. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, years. The real problem then is a culture that accepts that, where like turning up to work and being a bit hungover on the regular and. Asher, yeah, I like to drink, like, you know, mm-hmm. even what's even worse is Asher, he's been through rough stuff, like, you know, we'll make a pass for him. Mm-hmm. Um, it is fantastic to see the culture continually changing of not only is it like we can do a podcast where we talk about suicide and mm-hmm. I meet these lads who have a, a podcast called Straight Talk and Mental Health and we can talk about all this cool stuff. Mm-hmm. But also that if you had maybe a friend or who was coming to work and they were smelling a drink and they're clearly hung over. There wouldn't be the one of two ways of, actually, oh, man's an alco, or, you know, ah, he's, he's having a rough time, we'll cover mm-hmm. for him. It would be like, I think, much more acceptable of, hey, how are you? Like, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, um, true. Indeed. And going on, like, do you want to talk about it? Do you want to do something Friday night that's not drinking? Do you want to play, do you want to go for a game of football or uh, yeah, go for yeah, a walk yeah. or, yeah, you know, or like, um, have you ever tried your hand at jujitsu or something? Yeah, yeah, I feel like Ireland is really changing. Actually, um, I think yeah, I think it is and it isn't because if it was changing at the rate we wanted to, we wouldn't be doing this podcast. 
you wouldn't be doing your campaign. Uh, you know what I mean? We'd be at yeah. the end goal, but still, there's a lot of work to do. And uh, yeah, we're definitely we're a generation or two off. Yeah, of course you know, we but, are. But it's definitely changing. You know, I, I see it in the younger teenagers and stuff that I work with. You know, they're able to have a conversation and mental health, and they can say, "Well, I realise my mental health." hasn't been good and you know and they know what anxiety is and they know what depression is you know well, it's, I, it's definitely it's definitely shifting yeah sorry to, to speak over you can i ask mm. you a question peter like mm. do you do you see it as having an end goal i think you need to have an end goal of some sort now the end goal mightn't be to save the world but yeah. if you can help somebody yeah. you know that's a that's a major major thing and chances are, if you've helped one person, you've helped 10, 100, 1,000 possibly even, you know. But um, yeah, yeah. you have to have a goal in mind. Uh, that's what I believe anyways. I do think you have to have a goal to say, this is what we want to do. This is what the campaign is going to be about. This is what the podcast is going to be about. This is what the show is going to be about. You know what I mean? The rally is going to be about. But, you know, you need to have an end goal of, of some sort. And do you feel like that it'll be something that we might get to a point where we don't have to continually kind of keep doing this, like... Um, that we always have to have the the campaigns, that we always have to have the podcast, that we'll always have to have the tough conversation, but hopefully it's just easier to do it. I think so, but what I'd like to see more is arming people with the ability to deal with it, you know, so that you know what to do, that you know, oh, hold on for a second, I'm feeling, feeling a little bit odd here. I sent something coming on. This is what I want to do to fix it. Or I've noticed my mate, or I've noticed my, my husband or my wife, or my brother or sister, I'm going to talk to them about it and normalise the conversation. You know what I mean? Um, put it this way, if we all, all four of us train to do the marathon, we do it in October, you know, having trained since January. But Not the following October, if we didn't do anything, <laughs> you know what I mean, would we be able to run it? No, it's, it's a constant exercise. You have to do it. But it's about, I think, equipping people with the knowledge they need in order to look after themselves and look after everyone else. That's the way I see it, anyways. Um, yeah, fantastic. I'm, we're of like mind there. Um, I think it's something that will never really, um, you know, how long is a piece of string? We'll never really mm. be finished mm. fighting this fight, but mm. we're getting better. And mm. I actually do feel very hopeful that there is a real change happening. Good. So tell us more about the campaign, anyways. Tell us more about Mind Your Mental Health. So what's the plans for November? So what we want to do is we'd like to do um, a twofold uh, approach. We'd like to organize an event um, in November. So we want it to be comedy and drag because um, <laughs> I enjoy comedy and drag is just mental. and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it. It's fantastic. It's a bunch of lads dressing up as swimming. And my favorite thing about it is you can, whatever way you like to interpret it, that's how it, you should interpret it. Mm. it's weird and wild and wacky um, and there's just so many good positive messages like RuPaul's Drag Race my housemate got me into it and uh, <laughs> I think it's gas like the UK one if you're looking to kind of cut your teeth on it I recommend watching the UK one because they have the same kind of humour so like they, they usually have um, a moment where they talk about what they feel and their past troubles and mm. you know it really makes them humane but like the reason to watch it is just watching me cut you bitches like it's hilarious <laughs> like yeah it's really good like I think drag um, queens are the wittiest people you know oh, it's just 
Like we went to see a drag queen on holidays before and I didn't want to go for a slash because I'd have to walk past and I would have got picked on big time and I was just sitting there going, no, I want another drink. No, no, wait a later. Be grand, you know? I'll just sit here and piss myself. Like. Pretty much. <laughs> Save more dignity that way. So, so for the campaign, Killian, I mean, you're, you're specifically, obviously you're not excluding, but you're specifically trying to uh, target, as you said, the, the queer community, uh, a community yeah. often overlooked in, in from the point of view of mental health and, and suicide awareness. And yeah, that's it precisely. And um, so we wanted to do um, two events. Um, so we wanted to have like a, a comedy show and a drag show, and then we wanted to take some of those artists and do interviews with them, like very just very short. And just kind of populate them onto social media of um, people who you would look up to, who are really successful, who are re- genuinely thriving in life. And for them to say, like, yeah, look, it's not always easy. Like, this is life is hard. Um, mm-hmm. And this hopefully comedy or drag or they can talk about anything they want, music um, or just my friends, whatever they choose to share. That's what helps me get through it. And, um, you know. I, maybe they use mantras or maybe they just lose themselves in the moment or just jumping up on stage and oh shit I'm gonna bomb I'm gonna bomb I'm gonna bomb and then boom you know what I'm actually now that I'm up here I feel right as rain all that anxiety just bleeds away right. um, whatever that is for them so the idea is then we, we do an event and we'll hopefully live stream it um, and we'll have links to donate and then we'll raise our goal would be very ambitious we'd love to raise 10 grand for um, Belong To and Movember and split split the money Hmm. So we've talked a lot about uh, men's mental health. We, we eight out of ten suicides are, are men. Um, so I, when I started learning about um, the LGBTQ plus uh, I community, um, I didn't know my from my elbow. I, you know, I was probably offending <laughs> people and saying things and jumping in. Um, when we say that, you know, we we want to be a focus on men's mental health and queer men. We don't care if you used to be a man, if you've identified as a man, if you are a man now, you are born biologically as a man. It doesn't matter. Um, you mm. matter. You are an important person. You have every right to be alive, to stay alive. So reach out. Don't feel that you can't. Um, and we don't want any kind of stigma. So it's, it's as much as we've said this, we want to focus on men's mental health. It's for everybody. Mm. So no matter who you are, what you look like or what way you identify. And what, um, what is, everyone's obviously fairly familiar with Movember, but uh, what is Belong To then? Tell us about that. So um, Belong To are a youth service, but they cater exclusively to young queer people. They provide a lot of counselling, um, whether it's through a youth worker or professional. They give them advice on how to function, what they're dealing with. Um, again, it can be anything from mental health to, to career guidance um, and advice or maybe they're suffering substance abuse. Um, I've been through the, their service them myself, um, particularly at some low points when I was 18, going into college. I was going through a really hard time and I said, I'm going to go to this service. I've heard a lot of great stuff about it. So one evening, I just rock up to their um, centre and say, I'm just, I'll just hang around. Because I think it's really about bringing like-minded people who share the same experiences together, and particularly young people. Um, so they will deal with young people from the ages of 12 to 23 and they will try to support them as much as possible to really ensure that we want to make sure you have the best outcomes in life in a very unprecedented time where we're not really sure if organizations can survive Mm. but i think through this whole lockdown the one thing that has most surprised me is how generous people have been have been they've been given as much money as they can and like whether it's it's how much a cup of coffee costs a day they're given to organizations that support the black lives matter movement 
LGBT organisations. People are doing as much as possible to ensure that these services stay open and we want to give back to that. We, as Kelly mentioned, it is a bit of a, it's a high goal to reach, but I think we can do that. And I'm very aware that even if we don't raise 10 grand, we want to raise as much money as we possibly can for these two really amazing organisations. November, again, they're one of the leading organisations for men's mental health, suicide prevention, for testicular and prostate cancer so we're trying to do as much as possible in i think it's now 10 weeks away (laughs) (laughs) so guys is there anywhere online we can check out or we can see the the amazing work you're doing yeah sure so we have our instagram which is mind underscore your mental health Mm -hmm. and we have our facebook mind your mental health our twitter mind your mental health and over the next coming weeks we're going to be sharing the donation link at physically as much possible so yeah it gives a shout we'll, we'll throw that up and make sure people see it yeah. uh, we very much appreciate it. connor killian mm. from mind your mental health lads thank you so much for joining us and uh helping to break the stigma around mental health cheers um, thanks so much for for having us right let's leave it there we hope you like what you heard and if you do you can give us a rating subscribe leave a comment all that kind of stuff or if you think someone you know would benefit from this podcast then by all means share it with them or pop it on your social media pages it could be a Big, big thing in their lives. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. If there's anything you want to discover or discuss, if you've got a story to tell, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch by email, straighttalkingpodcast at gmail.com. Get us on Twitter at straighttalkingpod. We're on Facebook and Instagram as well. Follow us at hashtag STMH. And uh, Alan, we got a we got a cool little shout out there during the week, by the way, on the emails. Oh, did we? Mm-hmm. A guy called Sam Parker who got in touch. He said, hi guys, started listening to our podcast this week. It's been really interesting and honestly exciting to listen to this podcast, both as a sufferer of anxiety who'd been through CBT and as a mental health practitioner, my current workplace. So there you go. Uh, Sam, cheers for the shout out. That mm-hmm. means uh, that means a lot to us and it tells us that we're, we're doing kind of a good job. We're doing something. We're, we're not, contributing. We're not doing so. too bad. No, we're all right. <laughs> if we're nothing else. <laughs> we might not be great, but we're not really that bad either. Trying to be modest by going up a picture too. <laughs> no, that, that's absolutely fantastic. And let's do this. Mm. Let's um, tell them thanks. Hashtag tell them thanks. Mm. And uh, I'm going to get in touch with somebody and tell them thanks. And uh, I'll tell you next week if, um, if, uh, if they get back to me. So there you mm. go. Doesn't matter if they do or they don't. The important thing is that you absolutely, do it for yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. I'll tell you who it was and how it did it, and cool. uh, we'll see. We'll see what becomes of that. Um, so anyway, big shout out to Fiona Bryan for the podcast music. He did the little music on the top on the tail, and the music you hear on the videos as well. He's a brilliant producer. Get him on uh, Facebook at FOB Beats if you're a singer, a rapper, or whatever. Uh, this guy can uh, he can do anything with music. So challenge him actually to do anything because he loves. <laughs> that he loved that <laughs> so uh alan i don't need to throw you under the bus anymore because no. i'm going to throw the lads Anger under the bus connor give us one give us one for starters there drop some knowledge you may or may not know who's suffering from mental health it creates that barrier it creates a way for someone to reach out and know that yeah i feel supported and that's how we can further this conversation brilliant killian not, not exactly a catchy meme, Connor, but... <laughs> we'll, we'll put on a license for word, Words of wisdom, uh, nonetheless. Can you, what yeah. you got for us? Um, I've struggled with my mental health. Um, I've learned techniques. They help mantras, a few bits and pieces. If fucking Muggins here can do it, you can do it. <laughs> Street talk.